Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, my name is Chaba Kavesdi. I am a professor of medicine and nephrology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center and the Memphis VA Medical Center. It is a pleasure to be here and uh, to participate in this program entitled Underrepresented Communities in Rare or Kidney Disease Clinical Trials. Why is this important? With me are my two esteemed colleagues, uh, Dr. Adriana Hung, who is an Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Nephrology and Hypertension at the at Vanderbilt uh, University and uh, Hemodialysis Director at the Nashville VA Medical Center, and Dr. Martin Pollack, who is a Professor of Medicine at Beth Israel Medical Center and Harvard Medical School. Uh, welcome, Adriana and Martin. So uh, let me start with a question about clinical trials in general in nephrology, uh, Adriana. Um, can you tell us, are there adequate numbers of clinical trials for uh, kidney disease and specifically for chronic kidney disease? Hello. Uh, it's uh, very interesting. And I think that the nephrology community is familiar with the fact that um, there is a lack of clinical trials in nephrology. This is extremely important because um, clinical trials that are devoted to the kidney population is the only way that we can inform safety and efficacy of different drugs in this population, whether they are devoted to, to slow the progression of kidney disease or to improve kidney, um, any outcomes, actually, in general. Um, and uh, it's important to change uh, this um, epidemiology because we know that CKD is a major public health problem. Yes, it's like uh, 15% of the population, right, uh, suffering from a chronic kidney disease. Yet, uh, in my experience, when we look at the number of uh, CKD trials, um, uh, they are really dwarfed by uh, the numbers that we see in cardiology or, or in oncology, for example, and it really puts our patients at a disadvantage. Uh, so thank you. And uh, Martin, let me uh, sure. throw this question at you here. So um, uh, talking specifically about um, certain populations uh, with kidney disease, um, um, are there trials uh, that are representative of underserved populations, for example? Yeah, well, I think it, that the, the answer to that is, is highly variable. I mean, as, as, as you just pointed out, uh, kidney disease does disproportionately affect underserved populations. And um, certain forms of disease seem to be somewhat more prevalent in certain populations than others. Um, you know, uh, for example, uh, APOA1-associated kidney disease is is more common in people of recent African ancestry. Um, you know, it's it's a little tricky because not everyone knows their ancestry. Um, in the in the United States, most people identify as Black or African-American have recent African ancestry. On the other hand, we have to understand that you know, some things are, are really ancestry-driven. They're not, they're not driven by race per se. It's, um, and so we shouldn't make that mistake. Um, we, we, and, and we shouldn't assume that anyone in a particular uh, population has one disease or another. Certainly, um, you know, uh, there are plenty of people 
People can, who don't identify as black may have APOL1-associated kidney disease. Someone, of course, who is black may not have APOL1-associated kidney disease. They may have polycystic kidney disease. So we need to be, I, just, I think it's just very important to be accurate. Nevertheless, I guess, um, you know, we, we know that uh, APOL1 mediates at least kidney disease in a fairly large proportion of African-Americans who are considered underrepresented in clinical trials. Uh, am I correct? Yes, I, 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 I totally agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, we, do, we don't know if therapies that are going to be effective in kidney disease of, of one etiology are going to be also effective in diseases of another etiology. And and so, you know, it's important that we, uh, you know, uh, intelligently, you know, lump and split populations for study. It's important that we, uh, you know, if, if we have a therapeutic that we think is going to be particularly effective in, let's say, APOL1-associated kidney disease, that the trial, uh, is, you know, we, we consists of people with 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 that with that form of disease. Um. So so it's you know a variety of factors can contribute to kidney disease, and you know some trials may only be valid in the context of certain contributing factors. So. We need to intelligently design our trials and and include the 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 the, the appropriate populations. And uh, following up on that, uh, Adriana, um, um, let's th- let's think about what strategies uh, could one use. Let's say, if you're a researcher, how could we uh, improve uh, access to medications um, to these underserved populations? And of course, if uh, medications don't exist, then first we need to uh, improve access to these clinical trials, uh, because without those, we won't have any medications. So um, what do you think? What, what would be some strategies to improve access to clinical trials or treatments? Absolutely. And I want to take a step back, Saba. I think uh, in order to improve access to these populations, we have to develop um, to those medications. We have to develop those medications. And in order to do that, we really also need to increase the representation of uh, a diverse population in current studies that are uh, doing genetics and discovery and informing the interaction with the environment uh, so that we can learn of new target therapies, uh, new targets that we can aim with the medication. I think that's crucial. Uh, Then when we get lucky enough to recognize and it can be in many dimensions. I can imagine even the response to MMF and uh, in lupus nephritis, how it's different in African-Americans and Latinos compared to European-Americans. Uh, and clearly uh, the disparity with APOL1, right? Uh, so we have to understand those disparities then uh, um, to be able to offer them to those populations. I think the population uh, engaging with the population is not as hard when they understand that they are differentially affected uh, by a given disease. I have enrolled patients uh, with APOL1 for studies, um, and they're truly invested in understanding how it affects them, their families. Uh, and I think uh, how that changes the care that is provided 
by their physicians. So I think it's very important to um, enroll uh, a diverse population into research studies in general, so that when we have the information and the medications that can improve outcomes can then be offered to them. I think these uh, different segments of the population, whether they're African ancestry individuals uh, or individuals that are uh, from the Caribbean countries, they are interested in participating in studies. I guess you're pointing out the importance of education, uh, which cannot be stressed enough so that they become knowledgeable and engaged uh, in their own disease state. So that's very interesting. Uh, Martin, let me throw it to you now. So um, could you share maybe um, um, some uh, strategy or uh, uh, anything that that, uh, you you have found useful in uh, engaging maybe underrepresented populations in research or uh, in, in, in treatment efforts? Yeah, I, well, I think outreach efforts are important. Uh, educational programs, making sure your 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 clinics are are you know accessible to uh, the broad population. I think education is really important, and I think you know being trying to be really honest and accurate about the way we convey information is critical. We we you know we we want to be accurate. We should not, for example, you know, overestimate or underestimate the contribution of any particular factor to to disease. We should not be paternalistic. We shouldn't assume that a person would or would not want to participate in a study. We shouldn't assume that a person uh, won't understand the study. Um, it's very important to be honest, to not be paternalistic, ideally to have a diverse staff involved in running the study. All these things, I think, can help. Yes, uh, we bring up very good points. Uh, they are talking about the diversity of the staff because uh, patients are probably more open when the staff looks like um, their community. And uh, I found it very useful to work with uh, community outreach organizations uh, here in our area. Uh, there is um, there are efforts to uh, improve blood pressure control, for example, in the community, and uh, these um, existing frameworks and uh, and uh, networks can be uh, utilized uh, to uh, engage these communities in clinical trials that are directly uh, relevant uh, uh, to these uh, populations. Absolutely, I think we need to incorporate uh, initiatives for community engagement. So uh, we discussed uh, today about. Uh, uh, the importance of having uh, good numbers of clinical trials uh, in nephrology, the fact that nephrology is underrepresented in the clinical trial landscape is really a disservice uh, to our patients, especially to those patients who are difficult to reach and are underrepresented in even the smaller number of trials that we do, because these are the populations that most suffer from kidney disease, especially, for example, we brought as an example, um, apoa one mediated kidney disease, which affects a a uh, large proportion of our African-American patient population, uh, yet they are typically underrepresented in clinical trials, as has been shown uh, by recent high-profile um, uh, trials of uh, cardio and renal protective medications um, that uh, uh, now are available to patients with chronic kidney disease. And so it is very important to uh, educate our patients um, to foster outreach efforts, to diversify our own clinical practices, uh, to assure that uh, our patients are um, knowledgeable, uh, engaged, and uh, willing and eager to participate in trials so that 
um, uh, this will lead ultimately to the development of interventions that will uh, uh, directly uh, benefit them. Uh, I think um, we are in a, uh, a good position in nephrology. There is uh, a, an important um, movement towards uh, increasing clinical trial uh, trials of drug development, uh, and uh, I'm pretty certain that uh, we will see an increasing number of uh, uh, therapeutics available to uh, um, uh, a large number of patients with CKD, uh, which ultimately uh, should lead to uh, an improvement in uh, their kidney outcomes. So with that, I'd like to uh, thank you for your attention and have a great day. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.